ThriveMarket.com. Healthy living made easy. Guaranteed savings on your favorite organic brands delivered to your door. Healthy groceries shouldn't break the bank. Low price promise. Find a product cheaper elsewhere at rival eat price. How it works? Build your orders. Shop 6,000 plus wholesome products curated just for members. Never run out. Get recurring deliveries on a schedule personalized to you. You're in control. Easily add or remove items. Skip a delivery or pause anytime. Your new one-stop shop from organic pantry staples to clean beauty to non-toxic home. Shop by over 70 diets and values. Gluten-free, ketogenic, organic, vegan, thoughtfully sourced seafood. Thrive Market is aligned closely with key industry watchdogs, identified partners who catch sustainable and traceable seafood. For $5 a month for a risk-free trial for 30 days. Fast-free, carbon-neutral shipping. Free gifts and samples. Every membership gives to someone in need. Better for you and the planet. Ethical and sustainable sourcing. Carbon-neutral shipping. Zero waste warehouses, recyclable, compostable packaging. Thrive also gives every fa- every annual membership sponsors a free one for a family in need. Thrive's mission is to help make organic foods more accessible. Good morning. Today's bonus story is Ida Saxon McKinley, wife of. President William McKinley. Ida McKinley, niece Saxton, June 8, 1847 to May 26, 1907, was the first lady of the United States from 1897 until 1901 as the wife of President William McKinley. Born to a successful Ohio family, Ida met a future husband and later married him during the early Reconstruction years. She never recovered from losing their daughters as children and remained in a fragile state of health for the rest of her life, including having seizures. During campaigns and while in office, her husband took great care to accommodate her needs as they were a devoted couple. Ida's ability to fulfill the role of First Lady was nevertheless limited. She was brought further grieved by the death of her brother and later her husband as McKinley was assassinated by an anarchist. Ida devotedly visited her husband's resting place daily until her own death. Early Life and Marriage Ida was born in Canton, Ohio, for the elder daughter of James Saxton, a prominent Canton banker, and Catherine DeWalt. In 1855, her father founded Saxton, PA, Pennsylvania. Her grandfather, John Saxton, in 1850, founded the repository, the city's first and now only newspaper, a graduate of Burke Hall Seminary. The finishing school in Media, Pennsylvania, Ida was Refined, charming, and strikingly attractive when she met William Bill McKinley at a picnic in 1867. They did not begin courting until after she returned from a grand tour in Europe in 1869. While single, she worked for a time as a cashier in her father's bank, a position that usually reserved for men. William McKinley, age 27, married Ida Saxon, age 23, on January 25, 1871, at the First Presbyterian Church in Canton. Then still under construction. Following the wedding, performed by the Reverend E. Buckingham and Reverend Dr. Endley, the couple attended a reception at the home of the bride's parents and left an, on an eastern wedding trip. Illness, possessed of a fragile nervous temperament due to the loss of her mother and two young daughters, within a short span of time, Mrs. McKinley broke down. She developed epilepsy and became totally dependent on her husband. Procedures at times occurred in public. She had one 
and McKinley's inaugural ball as governor of Ohio. Although she battled the illness for the rest of her life, she kept busy with her hobby, crocheting slippers, making gifts of literally thousands of pairs to friends, acquaintances, and charities, which would auction pairs for large sums. For her condition, she often took barbiturates, laudanum, and other common sedatives at the time. Children, the McKinleys had two daughters, both died in childhood. They were Catherine Katie McKinley, 1871 to 1875, and Ida McKinley, April 1873 to August 1873. Catherine McKinley. Katie was born on Christmas Day, 1871. Her father was still a Canton lawyer. She was adored by her parents, being the center of their universe and the Apple Williams Eye. In return, she adored him. She was smothered with love by Ida until her second daughter was born to, in the spring of 1870, due to the fact that Ida's mother died some two weeks before. The birth of the infant, also named Ida, was born following a very difficult delivery, and she died four months later. Ida was grief-stricken, and she believed that God punished her by killing her, her daughter. She was deeply affected by this levitis and epilepsy, and desperately feared the loss of her firstborn child. She demanded that William and Katie shower her with displays of love and affection. Ida spent hours a day in a darkened room with Katie in her arms. Kissing her and weeping, William's brother Abner once found Katie swinging on the gate of the garden of her house and invited her to go for a walk with him. The child replied that if she would go out of the yard, God would punish her and mama some more. In June 1875, Katie became ill with typhoid fever and died within days. She was interred in Canton's West Lawn Cemetery on October 10, 1907. Both Katie and Yingsa Ida were exhumed and re-interned in the north wall of the McKinley National Memorial. On the same day, the bodies of Ida and William were re-interned in the same place. Ida was effectively shattered when Katie died. First Lady of the United States President McKinley took great care to accommodate her condition in a break with condition. He insisted that his wife be seated next to him at the state dinner rather than at the other end of the table. At receiving lunch, she alone remained seated. Many of the social chores done by soon by the first lady fell to Mrs. Jenny Tuttle Hobart, wife of Vice President Garrett Hobart. Guests noted that whenever Mrs. McKinley was about to undergo a seizure, the president would greatly, would gently put some napkin or hand, handkerchief over her face to conceal her contorted features. When it passed, he would remove it and resume whatever he was doing as if nothing had happened. The president's patient devotion and loving attention was the talk of the capital. President McKinley has made it pretty hard for the rest of us. Husbands are here in Washington, remarked Senator Mark Anna. The first lady often traveled with the president. Mrs. McKinney traveled to California with the president in May 1901, but became so ill of San Francisco that the planned tour of the North was canceled. She was also with him on the trip to Buffalo, New York in September of that year when he was assassinated but was not present at the shooting. On September 6, 1901, President McKinley was shot in the stomach by a 28-year-old anarchist named Leon Zogos. Officers were unable to locate the bullet. The president eventually became infected with gangrene. He died eight days after the shooting, age 58. Later life and death, which with the assassination of her husband by Leon Zogos in Buffalo, New York in September 1901, Mrs. McKinley lost much of her life well to live, although she bore up well in the days between the shooting and the president's death, she could not bring herself to attend his funeral. Her health eroded as she withdrew to the safety of her home and memories in Canton. 
She was cared for by her younger sister. The president was interned at the Fourth Receiving Vault at West Lawn Cemetery until his memorial was built. Ida visited daily until her own death. She survived the president by less six years, dying on May 26, 1907, age 59. She was buried next to him and their two deceased daughters in Kansas McKinley Memorial Mausoleum. Murder of Brother George Sexton. Three years before the assassination of her husband, Ida's only brother, well-known bachelor playboy George DeWalt Sexton, 1850-1898, was murdered. Ida worked at his graveside, dressmaker Mrs. Anna Annie E. Earhart George was accused and then tried to on April, April 24, 1899, followed the nine years of wooing George and six more indulging in their scandalous affair. Saxon had then requested and financed his lover's divorce from her husband, Samuel C. George, who died in 1892. Sued Saxon in the Supreme Court for alienation and affection, settling for 1850 plus legal costs after quietly remarrying Lucy Graham. But he later spurned his conquest. Failing to successfully sue Saxon for breach of promise, the former Mrs. George was accused of fear of shooting him as she as he approached the home of another man, an act she had repeatedly threatened. Neither the Saxons nor the McKinley family attended the trial. The media championed her case. George claimed self-defense and was acquitted of first-degree murder by a jury. No one else was ever charged with the crime. Earhart later remarried Dr. Arthur Cornelius. Ridout, 1861-1906, repeatedly a drunken and a gambler whose death by hanging from a chandelier was sold or suicide. Legacy Ida's childhood home, the Saxon House, was, has been preserved on Market Avenue in Canton. In addition to growing up in the house, she and her husband also lived there from 1878 to 1891, the period during which the future President McKinley served as, a, as one of Ohio's congressional representatives. The house was restored to its Victorian splendor became part of the first latest national suicide at its dedication in 1998. Thanks for listening to this story about First Lady of the United States, Ida Saxon McKinley. Have a good week and stay safe.